We have brand new CNN polling this morning, and those numbers are looking rough for President Biden. Could be a troubling sign for Democrats and the president's hopes for re-election in 2024. Biden's approval rating sinking to 39%. Nearly 60% of voters think Biden's policies are making the economy worse, and close to 70% of Democrats want somebody else to run for president. His overall approval rating among Democratic voters, that's slipping from July. And when it comes to hypothetical matchups between Biden and the leading GOP presidential candidates, it's a tight race with no clear winner. Except for Nikki Haley, who in this hypothetical matchup is leading President Biden by six points, Donald Trump ahead by one point of Biden. This all comes right before President Biden heads off on a big foreign trip. He's said to meet with world leaders at the G20 summit in India. Happy to be joined this morning in studio by our political director, David Chalian, with all this new polling. And I, I mean, some people think polls, polls. This one, to me, is totally riveting and fascinating about how Americans think Joe Biden is handling his job, including Democrats. Yeah, and it's going to set off some alarm bells yeah. uh, in the White House, uh, no doubt. You noted uh, his approval rating is down at 39%, 61% of Americans disapprove. He's been hanging at that low point, guys, for quite some time. We talk about the mood of the country uh, 14 months out from a, from a presidential election. Not that great. Three in 10 Americans, that's it, say things are going well in the country. Seven in 10 say things are going badly in the country. And 58% of Americans in this poll say that Joe Biden's policies have actually worsened economic conditions in the country. Only 24% say they've improved economic conditions. This is why we hear him talking about Bidenomics every day he's out and about in the country. Uh, David, the president is the oldest president in history. He was this morning, he will be tomorrow. That's just the reality. And White House officials acknowledge that, don't love talking about it, but have long made the case that's not the kind of pervasive issue for voters. It's not going to be the determinant factor. What does this poll show? Well, it's certainly on the mind of voters. We, we'll, we'll see how important it becomes, but it clearly is a major concern. We asked folks, Phil, do you think, are you seriously concerned that Biden's age might negatively affect his ability to serve a full term? Three-quarters of Americans are indeed seriously concerned. Three-quarters of Americans don't agree on anything, but there's concern there. You see it here, too. Seriously concerned about his current mental and physical competence being negatively impacted by his age, and seriously concerned that his understanding of the next generation's concerns are impacted. 68% say that. And that, and the economy, as we talked about, that is what is behind these numbers. Why Joe Biden is in a sort of dead heat, margin of error race with nearly every Republican tested. Poppy noted that Nikki Haley is the exception to that. She's running outside the margin of error. But look at this, Trump, margin of error race, no clear leader, DeSantis, Pence, Scott, Ramaswamy, Christie, they are all with no clear leader. And I just want to note, guys, one other thing that is going to cause agita for the White House team is this motivation factor. Are you extremely motivated to vote in next year's presidential election? Look at this. Republicans and Republican-leaning independents have a 10-point advantage over Democrats on that score. Yeah, that, yeah, that really matters, how yeah. people feel on that front. David, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. So let's talk about what these numbers portend to people who served up close with Joe Biden. His former uh, White House communications director, Kate Bedingfield, also CNN political commentator, and CNN political commentator and former senior advisor to Barack Obama, David Axelrod. David... What, you look at these numbers, and they, they're not just not good, they're bad. 
Yeah, Poppy, I heard you say they were fascinating. I forget what the other word you used. Uh, I'm not so sure that's how the president will receive them over his morning coffee uh, this morning. Uh, these are, these numbers are not good, but and they're consistent with most of the other polling that we've seen. The country's in a sour mood. He's not getting credit for what I think is a fairly substantial uh, list of achievements. Uh, mm -hmm. And there is real concern about his age. And that has been true for some time. It continues to be true. And the reality is, if if this were a referendum, he would be uh, he would be in deep, deep trouble. The fact and, and David just noted it, the fact that he is competitive with the guy who is the runaway frontrunner for the Republican nomination, who has some significant problems of his own, uh, is what he's looking at. And, uh, you know, there's an expression in sports that, you know, you, sometimes you have to win ugly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what that's what lies ahead here uh, for uh, this president and this White House. Um, all right, Kate Bettingfield, when we both worked on separate sides of the West Wing, I learned very early on wandering into your office and asking straight up about polling uh, on any given day was likely not to elicit the most friendly response. I welcomed it. I yeah, welcomed no, it. you were always, but you always had answers <laughs> and kind of explanations or this is why this matters, this is why you're missing this, that or the other. What are people missing here? that the White House, that the political team uh, for the re-election campaign knows that they're not seeing? Well, remember, polls get, you know, polls don't get asked in a vacuum, and there's a lot of information that doesn't get folded into a question the way it's posed to somebody who's responding to a poll. So, you know, you have voters raise, uh, for example, you know, that they would like to see someone else other than Joe Biden as the nominee, but uh, then when they're asked specifically who that would be, that number drops down to 1%. And so what you, what you don't see here uh, is, uh, you know, people being asked about where Republicans, how they feel about where Republicans stand on abortion, on guns. And we saw that dynamic play out in 2022 when people went to the polls and largely rejected what Republicans were offering. So I think what, what we aren't seeing here and what it's sort of easy to look at a poll and get really sucked into the numbers, although I'll tell you, you know, the Biden White House is not going to, uh, is not going to be rattled by this because their view is, you know, they're going to be 500 polls between now and Election Day. Uh, but there's a lot of information that, that isn't here that's a reminder that campaigns don't happen in a vacuum, and it's on the Biden campaign to make this uh, election a choice and to make it about the contrast between what Republicans are offering uh, and what Biden's offering. That's a challenge. I don't think anybody's saying that's easy. I don't think the Biden White House would say that's easy. But that's the challenge before them, uh, is to really make this about the contrast. Uh, as Biden would say, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. David, what about the Nikki Haley aspect of all of this, that, that she's the one who beats Biden in this hypothetical matchup by six points. Yeah, I know. Look, I think she uh, benefited from that debate. Obviously, she stands out from the field. She's the only woman in the field. Um, you know, and she has significant general election uh, advantages, but she's sitting at five or six percent in the Republican polls. One of the issues here has been that Republicans themselves uh, believe that Trump is the strongest candidate they have. A and there has not been a coalescence around any other candidate who could challenge him for the nomination. Uh, she has a task in front of her to win a Republican primary. One of the paradoxes of our contemporary politics is what it takes to win a Republican primary often makes you less uh, less appealing as a general election candidate because you have to tack so far uh, to the right. So we'll see how she navigates that. But, uh, you know, right now, Donald Trump is the runaway 
a front runner. And, you know, it's not clear that she or anyone can overtake him. Kate, Poppy was talking about this uh, flag that's from me last night, and we've been talking about it this morning. And it's something you and I, I think, have actually talked about over the course of the last two years. And that is uh, that there's just kind of a general discontent in the country that's hard to overcome based on the last couple of years, you know, COVID and the pandemic and all these different factors. There's a column from Brett Stevens where he says, in part, the news isn't all that good. Americans are unsettled by things that are not always visible in headlines or statistics, but are easy enough to see. And I think that kind of defines the disconnect between legislative accomplishments, the current state of the macro economy, those types of things that the White House wants to talk about and how people are feeling. Uh, how do you kind of uh, thread that together if you're the Biden administration campaign? I, well, I think there's certainly truth to that, and that's absolutely something that the president recognizes. You know, when he uh, is talking to his staff about uh, what he wants to say when he's going out to speak, he's always very focused on making sure that he is talking about connecting with people's uh, dis- with people's concerns. Uh, you know, he believes that it's important for a president to show that he understands that people. Uh, you know, don't uh, are are feeling uh, you know are feeling doubtful, are feeling dubious after essentially a once in a generation uh, pandemic that kind of rocked our world uh, more or less. So it is a challenge, uh, I think, for the president and for the Biden campaign. You know, they have to continue to show that they uh, connect with people's sense of unease, but also remind them about how much has been done and and critically convey a sense of optimism, remind people that we are on a good path and that we are, uh, there's opportunity for things to get better. I think he has a lot of proof points. He can point to a lot of things that he's been able to get done in a very divided Washington. He's been able to accomplish you know, historic job creation, a historic infrastructure bill that's fixing people's roads and bridges, uh, obviously the Inflation Reduction Act. There's a lot uh, that he can point to to say, listen, I've been able to get things done to make your life better, and there's so much more to do. And so conveying that sense of optimism, I think, will be critical for the campaign and for the president.